takes like a second burn. <laughs> Should have waited. Mm. <laughs> okay, she's got. Nah, there's nothing good about this. I mean, oh. I'd say there's nothing good about <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like. <laughs> burns in my chest. Oh. Burns in my chest. Look at that. Mm. I yeah. think that thing burnt the accent oh, out of my God. voice. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Oof. I mean, it's moonshine. <laughs> From Rosemary's Baby and Reagan McNeil to Jason, Freddie, and Chucky to Samara, Jigsaw, and Pennywise, we cannot get enough. If it's blood-curdling, spine-tingling, breath-quickening, or soul-stealing, we are ready to watch it. Welcome to Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards. With me tonight are my two co-hosts, Ann Conley. Howdy, y'all. And Helen Stewart. yippee ki yay <laughs> <laughs> For our new listeners, this will be our format for tonight. First, I'm going to introduce the movie we'll be reviewing and rating. Next, Anne is going to take us through our recommended drink pairing. Next, we'll run through our expectations going into the watch. Next, we'll play the trailer and review the movie in roughly chronological order. And finally, Helen's going to take us through Kill, Chill, and Thrill. And we're going to wrap up with our ratings. Tonight, we are going to review the 2010 comedy horror film Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Directed by Eli Craig, written by Craig and Morgan Jurgensen, and starring Alan Tudyk, Tyler Labine, Katrina Bowden, Jess Moss, and Chellen Simmons. Tudyk and Labine play a pair of well-meaning hillbillies who are mistaken for killers by a group of clueless college students. The film premiered at the 2010 Sundance Film Festival and received a limited release in the United States. Alright y'all, tonight we are drinking ourselves some Appalachian moonshine. Yeehaw! Apple pie flavor and all for y'all. Appalachian moonshine is made proudly in West Virginia and carefully put together from age-old recipes to produce one of the finest drinkable moonshines ever made. We take the extra time to distill the best experience you ever did taste. Batch number 205. Here we go, y'all. Cheers. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, God. I do declare. It tastes like gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) i've had better that is a strong drink there is a second burn there wait for it (laughs) i might need some ice (laughs) all right if y'all have not had the pleasure of sipping on some moonshine go get some (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to kill the accent for the rest of the podcast because I could hardly keep it together through what I just did. But all right, let's go into our um, expectations going into the watch. Helen, do you want to start with yours? Sure. I picked the movie. I had a couple of people that I work with recommend it, so I figured let's give it a shot because I thought it would be lighthearted and yet maybe a little bit of horror. But I didn't think it was really horror when we got through to it, but I loved the jokes. The jokes were hilarious. I was definitely excited to see this movie again. I thought I had not seen it. I thought I hadn't. I thought we had like family or other people had seen it in their previous um, family gathering, and I, I thought I wasn't there to see it. Anyways, we started watching it, and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh no, I have seen this!" <laughs> and it was it was 
definitely pretty good. It, it was good to see it a second time. I agree, Helen. It wasn't like what you would quintessentially think of as a horror film, but sometimes it's fun to just mix it up and have a lighthearted one in there. So I was excited to see it. It was a good romp. Yeah, I've also seen this movie before, and I was excited to watch it again. I've only seen it one time before, I think, and I was actually surprised that it came out in 2010. I, I can't remember if I thought it was a more recent movie or an older movie, but it certainly is in that sort of vein of um, the scary movie movies uh, with maybe a little more serious of a, a, a moral to it than the scary movies, which kind of don't have any purpose whatsoever, moral purpose whatsoever. Um, so I was excited to, to see this movie again as well. And you want to roll that trailer? Sure thing, Ray. It's trailer time and action. This place is so creepy. Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? Just your average college girl. Why don't you go over there and talk to her? Talk to her? You girls, uh, going camping? <laughs> you see the way those guys looked? We are in here, little country now, boys. Squeal like a bitch. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that I am standing in my own vacation home. Do you guys want to hear a scary story? Chuck, no, man. This story happened right in these very woods. It was 20 years ago today. Who wants to go skinny dipping? I do. <laughs> what is that all about? Take her! Shush! Damn it, Theo! What the hell is the matter with you? We got your friend! They got Allison! Oh. Hey! Where the hell are they going? Better come look at this. It's just a cabin. It doesn't mean they're psycho killers. Then why don't you go in there and talk to them? Maybe I will. I said maybe. Oh, your friend out there. He must be allergic to bees or something because he was running like a bat out of hell. Run! Run your life! They killed him, man. They left his body here as a message. He's making her dig her own grave. It's not work for a pretty girl like you. I grew up on a farm. It's either help out or get out. They're gonna kill her. It's us against them. Come from. It's a goddamn suicide pact. These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. All the guys. Go to the police. It's a good idea. Everyone's doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property. Well, that's what happened, Tucker. He's gonna walk it off. How's he even walking right now? What the hell is wrong with you kids? What is the matter with us? I've never stood so close to pure evil before. I got 10 to 12 beers. They're on ice right now, man. They're yours. Uh, guys? Maybe we should help him. You've gone hillbilly on me, Allison. You're crazy. Time to die, freak. A reporter and cameraman sneak into a closed-off murder scene looking for anything the police missed in the hopes of breaking a bigger story. They are ambushed by a crazed man with half his face burnt who was badly injured. Allison, Chad, Chloe, Chuck, Jason, Naomi, Todd, Mitch, and Mike are going camping in West Virginia. While at a gas station, they encounter Tucker and Dale, two well-meaning hillbillies who have just bought a vacation home of their dreams, a run-down lakefront cabin deep in the woods. On Tucker's advice, Dale tries to talk to Allison, but because of his inferiority complex and appearance, he only scares her and her friends. On the way to the cabin that Tucker has recently bought, they are pulled over by Sheriff Gurr, who warns them of the dangers of the area. 
Oh, man, I totally forgot about that opening scene with the reporter going in. And it reminded me of REC, where, you know, it's like the reporter and sort of like this found footage type of thing. And then she gets whacked immediately. I mean, not to sidetrack too much, but I didn't feel like they really came back to that at the end. So we were kind of talking about that while Anne was upstairs working. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But I think that they say at the very end that the person who's doing it is missing. Oh. So it's like, but it's super quick. But they show the reporter at the end again. So yeah, it's like, sort of right, like they I think it's right before. Right, yeah. So that's like right before yeah. this incident. Or like, so or they like go she, back at night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. She hangs out until the next day or whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, well, I mean, it, it definitely was an attention grabber. I don't think it was as effective as some of the other horror movies that, we, that we've seen where they do that sort of weird out of the blue juxtaposed scene in the beginning. So it, it, eh, it was okay. You know, I like that they immediately get into the scene with the friends on their trip, and it's a road trip. You know, you got like the you know the frat boys and the sorority girls headed on out, going out to I don't know why they they want to go to West Virginia. Oh yeah, because it was that guy's idea. And that guy's idea, yeah. So Chad, I think he's like taking them out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is I I didn't like the transition from the intro piece there with the reporter to immediately in the car with these kids like it, it, it felt like there was no no setup for the kids and they like launched directly into like these hillbilly jokes and this sort of college frat stuff and and, and i don't know it just didn't give me enough ramp up there's another movie um cabin in the woods which is another sort of satirical sort of take on horror movies mm. and that has a more extended beginning about like them at the, their college deciding to go up and like packing and sort of thing. And it, it gives you a little more baseline for the characters than sort of jumping right in and showing like seven kids or however many kids it is. Um, and you trying to figure out who they all are and what's all going on. I think I could have done without the news reporter scene in the beginning. I think it was, you know, they were trying to do something interesting and, you know, again, show us the end before they show us the beginning type of thing. And My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> not. There's a race shake right there. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, like, wasn't necessary, I think. I kind of was thinking in the beginning, because you see that, that it was going to have a little bit more horror into it because of the scene that they started I, with. I agree with that. And so I don't know if it was supposed to be like a, haha, never mind. It's not really scary. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. the only thing that was kind of. <laughs> Yeah. Horror-like. Because you don't see really what's happening. Yeah. What I thought was funny about this is that more people kept showing up in the car. <laughs> right? So you almost had this gag of like the expanding SUV type of thing where you've got the drivers, you've got the second row, which is jam-packed with three people. And then all of a sudden like pop up, there's another row with three people. And then just when you think it's done, whoop, like this girl like pops out of the trunk or the back, like in the storage space or whatever where... You're like, okay, I don't know. It was just funny. This movie had like a lot of those kind of weird sort of surprising jokes, practical jokes too. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I was confused by the ratio. Male, female? Yeah, there's like three girls to, I don't know, what is it, six guys or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, there's never that many men. (laughs) I'm just thinking how many people were in the car because it was two, three, three, one. Yeah, I'm just surprised that there were that many. Like I didn't pick up on the names at all because it was just like they were useless I guess, characters. Yeah. I don't want to sure, say they yeah. were useless, but you just didn't need to know their names. Well, they were cannon fodder, basically, right? right. And they were yeah. just there to die in interesting ways. And I guess I get why you wouldn't want an equal number of women, I guess, dying in, in, in gruesome ways. But I don't know. It just seemed odd to me. I'm like, what are these three chicks going up with these six guys? <laughs> who obviously, like, don't 
really seem like they belong with each other because they're all like archetypes of like different types of kids. Right. Right. Like why is the preppy guy hanging, you know, frat guy hanging out with the stoner dude hanging out with the kind of rock guy? Like it was interesting. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I, I thought the premise of the, of this crew sort of being like, oh, a bunch of frat brothers going out together. And then you start looking at the individuals within this party and you're like, well, they don't actually match like to your point right you're kind of like why would these guys be hanging out with one another i don't know but i mean to our earlier point they're just cannon fodder like you're not getting a lot of character development from this so you just go with it i mean most of them are only on screen for you know a minute or two before they're dead anyways yeah and i mean i think two of the white guys the guy that drives the vehicle and the other white guy like i got them confused through the most of me there's other white dude in the background I think it's the guy that runs into the wood chipper. Oh, that guy and the right. guy that drives the, mm-hmm. the vehicle, I got confused. Right, because that guy who goes to get the cops disappears for a while. Right. Yeah. So then you think it's just that one other guy. And then you have the other, like, alternative rock skinny boy dude mm-hmm. who like is the, the first guy. one yeah. that's killed. Yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. like the skater guy, what I thought of. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so so we're at the gas station and it's funny because the, the the girls go into the to the gas station to buy stuff they're looking for beer right i guess so tucker's like buying stuff and and you can hear the clerk going over the items and it's yeah. all the items later on in the movie they're going to use you know or whatever and it's funny and they sound like horrible as right. he's going through yeah them, like which is murder really items mm-hmm. <laughs> duct tape the, to kill us yeah yeah drill bits Although, Anne, you thought they said condoms. I swear. And I, 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 I thought heard I heard them say condoms, say condoms as well. Yeah. But they don't. They don't. I don't yeah. Think. It was funny. It was like, if you really listen, you'll just hear these weird items in her splice. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, extra large condoms. And you're like, what? Feminine napkins. You're like, what? So it's definitely a weird little, I think, you know, gag they're trying to pull there in the background. Yeah, and the buxom blonde walks in, and like I think she's the one who notices all the animals on the like the. Which one's the buxom one? Not the main one. Then you're talking the about one. the the, the dumb ditzy one. one. Yeah, the yeah, okay. Daisy Dukes. We'll call her because gotcha. I don't know what her actual. Yeah, I guess name she's was. the most buxom one. I guess. Yeah. I mean, her they were for display, so I assume <laughs> that that would be buxom. Yeah, we'll get we'll get more onto that a little later. I have a question about those buxoms. So you walk into the, you know, they, she walks into the store and like you see the camera kind of start to focus on all the, the animals hanging up on the wall. So you're like, that's creepy. And then you hear the kill list and that's creepy. And then you see poor Pick- sweet Dale with his pickled six pounder of pickled eggs. <laughs> that's what I was saying, the pickled eggs. <laughs> yeah, he's super excited about just staring at <gasps> the actual non- I don't know, promiscuous looking buxom blonde. <laughs> our, our, our conservative blonde. Yeah, yeah I guess, Allison. Yeah, yeah so yes, that's Allison, right. So, so here's a question I have about pickled eggs real quick. I grew up pickled eggs were purple. purple. Yeah, yeah. Purple. Well, well, so like where I'm from, we don't eat those. Well, most I mean, people we, don't. We don't There's like a line. But... I think it's like Northern <laughs> Pennsylvania, isn't it? I don't know. I, mean, or, I, I don't know what they are, but I will say that ours were purple. Is it like they're the, just like vinegared? Is it like the yeah. Mason-Dixon line that you're saying only people above a certain um, <laughs> latitude <laughs> so enjoy was, pickled eggs? There, some of, Somebody I knew at one point was like, yeah, anybody south of this doesn't eat pickled eggs. Oh, So I, I didn't even hear of them until she had told me about them. And she's like, I'll make you some. I'm like, I'll pass. Oh, my God. I didn't realize I that was them. a thing. A but I think hers thing. are purple. Well, I'm mean, wondering if they're southern. Maybe well, they're, they might be su- moonshine. And it's clear. That's what I'm saying. I was gonna say the same thing. Maybe it's moonshine. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Oh. Ew. Moonshine no. eggs. No. <laughs> That's not right. No. Yeah. I don't know. What, what What gives it even its purple color? 
beets. I think you're right, actually. So it's <laughs> it's pickled beet eggs. So you get a little extra it's juicy bags. on there. My my gram my grandmother always liked to eat those, and I never could. But it was in a jar. I mean, it were in a big jar. Just was like it a that. six pound jar? It was a big jar. That was so many eggs, and so he's just sitting there taking them out. Crazy. So wrong. What I thought was a, one of the funnier parts of this part of the movie was where Tucker's trying to convince Dale to go out and talk to Allison. And he has like, a, I don't know, a pipe or something in it or, or, or a handle, something in his hand. And Tucker takes it and then he just reaches over and grabs the scythe and is <laughs> yes. like, let me use this instead. And you're like, what the heck? Dude? Yeah, he has a lead pipe. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then they, and you're like, oh, good. Yeah. Take, take the giant lead pipe away from him. Oh, yes. No, a scythe, a mass murdering weapon. Yeah. yeah. Like children of the corn ask. Yeah. No, perfect. Yeah. And, and you're also like, who has a side these days? Like, what are they using that for? And then it doesn't ha- appear ever again in the rest well, of the says, movie. They say brush clearing, so I'm assuming they were going to use it to clear the brush. Oh, I guess. So. Yeah. I don't know. It is pretty funny. I love the interaction with the, hey, guys going camping? <laughs> yeah, the high-pitched giggle was yeah. hilarious. Smile and laugh, smile and laugh. That shows confidence. <laughs> oh, so good. I know. They were cute. I appreciate that the girls get appropriately freaked out, run into the car, and and then we're off and running with the plot. So Tucker and Dale are pulled over by the sheriff. And right before that, of course... the beer spill. Yeah, so Dale gets... What does he get his... He gets some shirt caught on... I don't know. His sleeve. His sleeve caught somewhere. And of course, he's like in in, in Tucker's lap. And trying to, and when he when he jumps up, of course his shirt comes open. He's like, <laughs> and the cops like, what the hell's going on? So I think it's hilarious. You don't think it's hilarious? I was like, oh, insert homosexual joke here. Like to me, it was. Okay. I didn't think it went too far though. I thought it was just like, here's an awkward moment of a guy trying to help. Well, he was trying to dry him off down there, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, but <laughs> it's like. It was it was it was a homosexual joke, but I didn't feel like it was being like negative stereotype against homosexual activity as much as it was like if you were doing something in a car and got pulled over, regardless if it was a man or a woman. You know what I mean? You could have played that joke with a woman, and it would have yeah. been it, and the it would have been funny too. Entire time, Dale is wearing the giver hat, so it just. Every single yeah. time, like, something would happen. You're just looking at him wearing the giver hat, and you're like, right. <laughs> He's a giver. He's a giver. He's a giver. I felt like, you know, for this being a 2010 joke, it was probably more timely at that time. Again, watching it a second time, I think I found it a little bit less amusing because I'd seen the gag before. I mean, it was definitely still amusing, but I guess maybe I was almost like they could have gone further, like, to make it more slapsticky, to make it more crying i'm laughing so hard uh, so i felt like it was funny but it, it didn't go so far as to be offensive by any means to your point they didn't go that route which was cool you know it wasn't like um you know they were trying to stereotype anybody with it so i thought that was good i, I agree with you about the not going far enough in general in this movie like this movie seemed dated to me in a way that i didn't expect it to be and yet i feel like if it had gone more over the top it would have been more timeless like the scary movies, the first two scary movie movies, where like they're so ridiculous that you watch them and they're still kind of funny. <laughs> um, whereas this one, I remember the first time watching this thinking it was much funnier than this time, even though I still thought it was kind of funny. The kids annoyed me a lot more this time than I think they did the first time. And I know they're supposed to be caricatures. Yeah, it's just because yeah. we're older. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. I didn't think it was not timely. It is funny. It is it is funny for sure. But go for back my and watch, watch it again. Yeah. And then tell us if you think it's as funny on the second run. 
Yeah, so I thought it would be funnier because like that's so quick with the like I don't want to say quick with the jokes, but they're subtle. Like how you were saying they could have been more slapsticky, but everything throughout was kind of like, oh look, that's that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, they had some good humor for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you were drinking or maybe it's a drinking game while you're doing it, definitely, definitely funny. I don't know. I mean, sometimes when I'm looking for a really funny movie, like like I love Robin Williams. Like just go for it. Go all out and just be like stupid, ridiculous. And then you're just like laughing so hard. But, you know, overall, I thought they did an interesting balance of trying to drive the plot, mixing in those those horror memes and tropes at the same time. I definitely thought the homosexual joke was kind of weird and you're like, is this going to be a reoccurring shtick? Which it wasn't as much as I thought it would be. I mean, you definitely have the couple-like relationship between the two of them, you know, when he's picking like the bee wasps out of his face yeah. and that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that they could have probably like troped it up a little bit more. Tucker and Dale arrive at their decrepit cabin and begin repairing it. Nearby in the woods, Chad tells a story about the Memorial Day Massacre, a hillbilly attack which took place 20 years ago. The college kids go skinny dipping where Tucker and Dale are fishing, and Allison, startled, hits her head. Tucker and Dale save her from drowning, but her friends think she's been kidnapped. When Allison wakes up in Tucker and Dale's cabin the next day, she is initially scared but gradually befriends them. The other college kids arrive at the cabin to save Allison from her psychopathic captors, and Chuck runs away to get the police. While Dale and Allison are inside the cabin, Tucker angers some bees and frantically waves around his chainsaw, which the college kids misinterpret as hostility. They scatter through the woods where Mitch accidentally impales himself on a broken tree. After finding Mitch's body, Chad persuades the others that they are in a battle for survival. I did think this movie was pretty clever about how they played that. About, you know, you sort of have these unassuming hillbillies and then you've got like, you know, the city folks that are scared of them and then everything they do to try to help, it's inverted type of thing. So I thought that was very clever, right? The, hey, we've got your friend. They've got Alice. They've They've got her. So, and then I love the idea that we get to a little bit later when Allison wakes up that she talks about communication being at the crux of like all this, you know, misunderstanding and all sort of the hatred in the world, if there was just better communication. So it was, you know, definitely appropriate, cleverly done. I enjoyed the whole going up to the the cabin where I guess Dale says, oh, is that a truck? Is that ours? And it's like this rusted out, <laughs> yeah. I don't even think you can get inside of it, truck. And he's like, oh, another one. And then they pull up and they call it a mansion. It's so cute. <laughs> it was so cute. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, their whole relationship and that whole thing about them being excited about having a cabin, a place where they can be and, you know, their vacation spot. Like, I mean, that, that's a heartwarming part of the movie, I guess. You know, it's unfortunate that it burns down at the end. <laughs> I mean, I feel I feel really bad for Tucker throughout this movie. He's definitely the brunt of most of the jokes and the physical comedy. Yeah, I mean, he's just trying to like have a good time and like and his get vacation, this, get home. His vacation home or whatever, and, and go ma- fishing. Yeah, and try to help Dale become a better guy and have some man time. Yeah, <laughs> help him with his lady problems. Yeah. That was a horrible accident. It was, it was okay. <laughs> We're working on it. You can work. Here. You can workshop it a bit. Can, can I ask a question about the skinny dipping scene? The buxom blonde mm-hmm. was she topless in that scene or not? She appeared to be topless. Yeah, I think so. So I couldn't tell because they looked the same. I don't sort think of, they were real. I, I I know that's I couldn't. T- that's why I couldn't so they tell. Maintain their shape. 
I like, was gonna say buoyancy. Yeah, <laughs> they don't just drop. <laughs> well, yeah. the, it will. Um, it was funny because when you said I didn't think that they were real, and I'm like, no, they were real. But what I was thinking was it wasn't a bodysuit like we see in a lot of movies. But you mean augmented? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's fair. Yeah. I couldn't tell. You know, I wasn't sure at first either because when she comes out and her hair's kind of over them at first, you're like, oh, okay. Well, like they're probably just wearing their bras. And, you know, sure, go skinny dipping, like, in your underwear type of thing. Whatever. By the way, it's not skinny dipping. And Right, right, which, which by definition isn't skinny dipping. Thank you, Ray. Laying down the rules <laughs> yeah, of just, skinny dipping. I am just laying down that rule right let's, there. Let's be clear. Um, All right, don't go skinny dipping with Ray. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, you might have well, different expectations. If, if you're going to go skinny dipping, go skinny dipping with Ray. That's the point. Can we talk about the skinny dipping uh, opening scene where they're like, who wants to go skinny dipping? Asked by said dude. And dude number two goes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. All the guys are like, yay, there's six of us and three, oh, two ladies at this point. You know, I have to say that's probably the most realistic scene in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. The ladies go out to the woods with the men and the dudes are like, yeah, man, let's go skinny dipping. <laughs> Girls are like. No. Uh, and that's why I was laughing that she was out there, you know, topless as well. I was like, oh, okay, she's into it apparently. So I'm sure. Go for it. I'm not sure if she was actually ever even wearing a bra, so she might have just taken her top off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Truth. So, so I got to be honest with you. If oh, you geez. were two women. Here we go. And you, if we were, if we were two women, if, I mean, hold on, if, like, correction, we are two. Women. I know. If, if you were two women, <laughs> wrong that place went, to pause. Yeah. If you were two women that went with six guys up to a cabin. Like, what are your expectations of what's going to happen In when West you Virginia. go up to this cabin? Wouldn't you maybe think that skinny dipping might be like something on the agenda? Or is that like totally not? Now, these aren't like... Yeah, uh, of course it's on the agenda. It doesn't mean we have to participate. Well, I also don't think that like they uh, like they didn't seem to be very close-knit of a group. No. It almost seems like no. they didn't really know each other too well. That's what I thought was weird, too. Okay, so at first you're thinking fraternity, sorority. So they usually have those relationships where they get paired up, right? So you're thinking, okay, well, it's like a band of brothers and then like sorority sisters. But no, not even that. The girls didn't seem like they were very good friends or they really even knew anything about one another. So they weren't looking for, out for one another. We already established that the dudes seemed like the most hodgepodge eclectic group of guys that you've ever met. <laughs> yeah. Probably didn't even know each other's first names. And then there aren't couples. There aren't pairs. Nobody's actually interested in one another. So the Except whole for, yeah, thing. yeah, the Chad thing. But yeah, the I mean, he was yeah. trying to force himself on Allison. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, other than that, yeah, it was so weird. It's like, where did these people meet? <laughs> like the coffee shop down the street? <laughs> hey, I'm going up to West Virginia. Who wants to come? I've got eight empty <laughs> seats in my Suburban. Pile on in. Forgot the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got ten beers on ice. They can be yours. <laughs> The other part of this whole part of the scene that I liked was when they entered the cabin for the first time. And you're, I don't know if this is supposed to be the cabin where the people who murdered people 20 years ago were. The hillbillies, were, yeah. But they have the bones hanging from the ceiling. And he's like, oh, I wonder if archaeologists lived here. And then all <laughs> the newspaper articles of all the slangs or whatever. And then that coupon. <laughs> the coupon. Yeah. The coupon for the chili. <laughs> chili Chubby's dogs. Chili Dog Depot. With no expiration date. Sweet. <laughs> score you <laughs> would leave this coupon <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that was hilarious i mean that was one of those plot details in hindsight i was like i don't know how much 
sense that really makes like is the idea that that is the original cabin of the original, you know, massacreers. I guess like, it was kind of weird, but yeah, it was, it was funny yeah. at the time. You kind of go with it. Yeah, with all the different, I guess, I mean, they only had the one kind of booby trap in the house with the stud. Yeah, the post. That, yeah, the post that like you move it and then it comes down with the nails. I was expecting a little bit more. It reminded me a little bit of the ritual because they've got like the hanging teeth and the hanging bones and like this weird decrepit cabin. You're kind of like, Ugh. is there a, a set of half dead praying par- parishioners upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was equally decrepit and had awful things in it, but also equal parts like nice and the furniture was okay, apparently, and the bed. You know what I mean? It was weird. It was cute how they were like, all this needs is little Dustin. <laughs> you're like, oh. But it was cute. It was a cute place, which, you know, of course, makes you sympathize with those characters even more. So when our, our East Coasters or whatnot, right, our, our college kids start turning it around on them, then you're like, okay, you know, I think that they had built up sufficient sympathy for the viewer with, um, of course, our quote-unquote hillbillies. Um, but I thought they did a good job, too, of kind of showing from both sides that it made sense. You know, so you could, you don't empathize as much with the college kids, mostly because Chad is sort of like the leader and he's a total douche. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm surprised his collar wasn't popped. You know what I was saying was they seriously missed an opportunity to do a double popped collar. Yes, with the pink. The yes. Bright, yeah. Yes. If they had layered that double on polos, mm, mm. would have... Boosted this movie at least another half a point in my book. <laughs> it could be a missed opportunity to continue to see things from the college kid's point of view, because I agree with you, Anne. Like, once Chad starts to assert himself from, like, an aggressive standpoint, you're not into the kids anymore, really. Like, aside from Allison, who you're kind of, like, you're sympathetic with, the college kids are obviously sort of just listening to what Chad says, and they're going to go along with it. And you really just don't, uh, in my, I didn't anyway, really feel that much compassion for them. The one thing I picked up on that was really funny was the African-American girl. And I'm looking for her name. Maybe she's this Cheryl character that they reference here. She had very, very few lines in the movie at all. But every line she had was completely correct. She was the one sort of, you know, voice of reason that was like, we should go to the cops. We should turn around now. And the other girl with her cell phone, and then Chad grabs and smashes the cell phone. She's like, what the heck's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> so, we, you know, I appreciated that they had those moments of clarity, but they br- they bristled over them so quickly that you didn't even have a second to appreciate the characters. I, I The other female characters were pretty poorly developed, I will say. I mean, all the characters are basically ill-defined on the college kids' side, except for Chad and Allison. I mean, the guys were basically interchangeable, mm-hmm. except for Chad. I mean, at least the one yeah. chick had, like, bigger boobs, and the other chick had smaller boobs, and the other chick had a different color skin, and you were like, I can tell them all different, the difference. Well, you had the guy with the Swiss Army knife. That was defining. That was the guy I thought was the dude who drove the truck, I think. Yeah, but he was definitely the dude that dove headfirst into the wood chipper. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and I don't even remember who impaled himself with the spear. Well, what dude was that? Wait, which, the one, that, not the tree, but the spear, when they were digging out the yeah. the which guy was that? body or whatever? The I think that's the one the extra guy we have not even talked about, to your point, plus extra white guy. 
Yeah, it's the plus extra white guy. I don't know who no, that I is. I think Chloe is. Uh, Chloe was she the buxom? Naomi, I think, was the. So it's Chloe, Naomi, and Allison. Yeah, Chloe oh, was the, was the yeah. buxom one. Yes, Who's okay. Cheryl. Maybe she's oh, she, the TV person. Uh, yeah, she's probably way. Oh, down probably, there, yeah. probably. I mean, she's right above Chad's dad, who we don't like and, very rarely, and the dog. Jangers, the dog. And I the dog, could not so. figure out what name he was saying. I heard it's Jangers. Jangers. So it's, so it's I thought it was dangerous, even. and I was uh, like, "It's like Mr. Bo Jangles." I wish they had called him Weezer, his real name. That would have been adorable. Weezer. Huh. What was he? Bulldog or something? He was cute. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't like even like those dogs, but that that, that he was, was a cute. cute dog, yeah. He was cute. Allison's friends follow Tucker and Dale back to their cabin and see Allison helping out with the construction of the outhouse, but they assume she's being made to dig her own grave. The college kids attack, but Todd and Mike end up accidentally killing themselves, and Allison is accidentally knocked unconscious by Dale's shovel. The other kids assume the hillbillies killed the two when they see Tucker trying to save Mike from a wood chipper. Tucker and Dale think the college kids are suicidal and that contacting the police will make them murder suspects. Chuck arrives back with Sheriff Gurr, who expresses doubt over Tucker and Dale's suicide pack theory. Gurr goes inside the cabin and accidentally kills himself with a loose beam. Then Chuck accidentally kills himself with the sheriff's gun. Chad reappears and attempts to shoot Tucker and Dale, but only manages to capture Tucker, whom he ties upside down to a tree. Chad then tortures Tucker and cuts off two of his fingers. He sends them with a message to Dale to come and get Tucker. Tucker is out there trying to, I guess, clear some brush, not using the scythe, <laughs> just using a chainsaw. And as he's cutting through a tree, he cuts through the beehive. Obviously, the bees come after him and are stinging him left and right. And there's the misinterpretation of him, I guess, almost like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where he comes waving and screaming and yelling. And then that's when he and Mitch do this joint running effort. <laughs> he looks over, he sees this guy just running next to him going crazy. And then... <laughs> He just disappears because he impaled himself. I, I thought it was funny. I appreciated the fact that he's swinging the chainsaw all around. But realistically, you drop the chainsaw and run. There's no reason to, to hold the chainsaw. I mean, they're not the lightest things in the world, right? I mean, they have some weight to them. And they're going to slow you down from running. Well, realistically, the bees aren't chasing you that far. Uh, hey, hey, let me tell you a little story. When I was You 10, were chased by bees? When I was 10 years old, <laughs> I was playing Indiana Jones... And I went down an embankment to a creek. And when I came back up, I stepped on um, some hornet's nest in the hollow of like a tree. At the bottom, I was trying to get purchased to get back up. Those suckers came after me. And I mean, I was scrambling up the top of the hill. They're following me, stinging me. And I was running. And I got to the top of the hill. And they were stinging me and following me. And I finally got away. They stung me in my in my eyelid they stung oh. me all over the place like i was i had an eye patch i was <laughs> you were winning <laughs> i was it was a bad day my dad loves to tell that story oh yeah loves I have to, to I tell have to that because he it. laughed when i came back because you were all swollen yeah he goes like indiana jones went out there all tough and came back and his whip was all hanging limp and he was running <laughs> and he just makes fun of me it's I was funny ten, now i was 10 years old <laughs> still not funny it's, a, fu- it's a funny story no, it's kind of funny. i can't wait to hear it no it is it is funny so bees chase you, moral of the story. For a really long time, up a hill. Yeah, my point is... As he was getting My purchased. point is that if I'd had a chainsaw, I'd have thrown it away so I could get away faster. That's the whole point of that. Well, wasn't there that one movie where the kid died and they had to jump in the pond or something? Stand know, by Macaulay me? Cal- Macaulay Culkin, maybe? Yeah, is it Stand by Me? I don't know. I thought it was like pretty good. Uh, some girl thing. No, it, it's it's the one with the girl, yeah. He yeah. gets stung at the end and dies. Yeah, I don't remember. I was sad at the time. 
I don't remember what it's called. I don't think no, I actually it's not saw stand, the, It's not Stand uh, yeah, By Me. I don't think it's, I saw the movie. But no, I, I felt yeah. like that, that chased them for a while. Marley and Me, it's not so that So you got one two either. movies Marley and very story. And me, that's about the dog. <laughs> so I feel like we have enough evidence to say bees will follow you for a long time. Yeah. So did you guys buy the idea that Allison grew up on a farm? What, hot girls can't be born on a farm? In, yeah, no, I totally can buy I, it. I, I don't know. I met just, some farm girls. I don't know. I just didn't feel like her They're pretty character hot. was. I'm not saying there aren't hot farm girls. I mean, I'm. I grew up on a farm. I'm not a hot farm girl. <laughs> but, but just to clarify, since you can't see me, listeners, but <laughs> were, were you digging shitter holes on your farm? <laughs> no, I, I was not. We had indoor plumbing uh, in, in, at our farm. Yes, we did. That doesn't exclude the possibility of digging shitter holes, just to be clear. How many no. shitter holes do you need? Because she said she dug quite a few in her lifetime, and she's only like 23. Yeah, I was going to say, although, <laughs> although I do have another little anecdote from my my childhood as we're talking about farms i hope it's um, about poop holes it, it's it is kind of not really but so w- my father cut the top of an outhouse off and we used it as a little like um fort it was like maybe it was maybe four foot high not even had the roof part you know what i mean was the outhouse still in use no no it was back in the woods it had been it had been oh. out of use for a long time so it was back in the woods so, shitter hole house roof there you go house roof for, for our little fort focus ray focus. i'm just i'm just telling you <laughs> yeah i'm not even sure that story's relevant so he needs big scissors right now <laughs> Wait, it's not relevant the, where the fuck is this story going you, you're talking about out- <laughs> hey awful. do any of, awful. do any of you have a story about outhouses actual outhouses that was not a there you, story. There you go. To be clear, anecdote. I said anecdote. There I was believe. no. I believe I didn't say story. I believe I said uh, anecdote. Isn't okay. That, like synonymous. I don't. No story connotes a little more depth. I think. No plot to that story. I would have, uh, okay. Roofs yeah. and outhouses. Um. <laughs> anyways, back to hot girls on farms. Yes. She seemed a little too hot to me to be born on a farm. That was just my bias, my stereotypes. But that was kind of the point. Maybe we so need to check okay out that. FarmersOnly.com and see Ooh. what options there are. Because I, I, I have to say, I went to high school with a bunch of farm girls, and they were hot. Okay, you know. And, and they were blonde. I'm sure there's some good farmers porn out there, too. <laughs> All I'm imagining is pigs and bad things. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to go that far. Yeah. Sorry. But, you, um, went, you went. You said it, and I went there. That's fair. I took it all the way. Um my question was, where did we think that the college kids were from? Because they drove out to West Virginia. And obviously, since we are located in Pennsylvania, it sort of made the whole like, oh, well, maybe they're again from this area, Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania type of tri-state area. You know, people definitely drive out to West Virginia. By the way, I grew up with family in West Virginia. So oh, yeah? no bat- bashing on the WVA. Shout out to Parkersburg, West Virginia, the beautiful Appalachian mountains yeah i mean for being super you know uh like nantucket-esque born you know chad at least you're thinking like rhode island connecticut super east coast i don't know did you guys think that they had gone travel that far because that's too far i just figured they were college kids from a a semi-large college in the area whether it's Virginia or Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh or something, you know what I mean? Like not the Berg. They're just they're just <laughs> they're just kids. I mean, there's a whole random assortment of them. So there's some fun, some place where people go. Well, they had to have borrowed the guy's dad's truck because <laughs> right. he kept saying, "I can't drive faster than this." I'm well, he's get in he's the local dude who went to the local. But he's he like didn't... the kid that grew up at Penn State and went to Penn State type of idea. I don't yeah, know. maybe Gettysburg College. Yeah, so I, I just know. assumed it was in the state. 
and not far. In yeah, the, in the, West Virginia? Yeah, there's a there's that party college. Do polo shirts exist there? Yeah, I'm sure there's people that <laughs> go there. We're not in the Midwest. We're not like Napoleon and dynamiting it here. Yeah, I, I mean, I Helen's feel like... face is like... <laughs> and There's like... Oh, God. I, I don't know if it's West Virginia University or something, but my co-worker's daughter goes to yeah, that the, school. Yeah, that's you, the party, party school. school. Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. So I assumed it was like that. That's fair. And that's then they fair. went up to like, you know, the Appalachians. You know, but I felt like they weren't from West Virginia because they specifically reference West Virginia like it's a foreign thing to them. Except for Chad, though, right? Because his mom was... Well, he was born from Hillbilly U. Yeah. I'm going to let you in a little secret. You two have now thought more about this than the people who wrote this movie and made it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I'm just saying there is no answer because there is actually no answer to why Chad is some Nantucket preppy yuppie and yet his know. mom and, and he was yeah. half hillbilly and somehow he's I not think, raised in West Virginia. I think this movie is screaming for a remake. I really think they could redo this. Thank and God. And it would be freaking hilarious. Thank God. You could God. do some casting for them. Yeah. Clearly, we put a lot of thought into character development. Hire us. We will definitely keep your costuming, keep your character development on on track. 100%. The, the character relationships will be so much more believable. There will be geographical relationships. <laughs> That's what the viewers care about these days. <laughs> Apparently, it's just being you. <laughs> At least you said remake and not prequel. Cause it was no, 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 no. Ridiculous. Oh, no, no. I know, I, but I could see this being remade. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I, I w- or just, you know. I tell you what, I tell you what, we'll, we'll two, do. Part two, this is a part one. Yeah, they could probably do a sequel we'll, in some way. But. We'll do Cabin in the Woods, which is, a, in my opinion, a superior movie to this. Still funny. Of the right, okay, I'm not thinking of the right movie. I know. I'm thinking of the actual Scary Cabin movie, too. Yeah. That's what we're thinking of. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Because you keep saying Cabin in the Woods. I'm like, I cannot compare these two movies. Well, we'll get to it sometime. Sometime. Oh, so they try to do like a gang attack. Oh, yeah. And they all have these like crappy little weapons, I guess. I don't even know where they picked up the weapons from. Yeah. But they see Allison and Dale digging the shitter house hole. And freak out thinking that they're making her dig her own grave. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was hilarious because it's like a square, not even like a rectangle. Not, it, not like graveyard style at it all. It is funny. It really does look like a grave. So you can you thought it looks like totally a grave? believe. I mean, maybe from their angle, but. I mean, it was way too big and ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, the idea that these stupid college kids come up and they're terrified with the situation. I mean, the whole premise of this is that they have these subconscious biases that they're laying right. on top of the situation, right? So I thought it was genius, quite honestly. I was like, yes, she's digging her own grave. And then they're like, let's get in there and rescue her. Yeah. Of course, then it all falls to pieces. And you get like two birds with one stone there because the one guy falls in and somehow manages to impale himself on that thing. And then the other guy flies into the wood chipper. Oh, I, I, I feel like, okay, so the wood chipper, oh my God, with the blood spewing and spraying and... <laughs> my favorite part of the movie, I think. Right on Buxom Blonde. Yes, Buxom <laughs> Blonde's cleavage was just totally got some guts in there. Oh, yeah. I wonder how many times I had to shoot that. <laughs> but I, one of my least favorite scenes was the dude who self-impales on the stake. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't like that. I, it's not that it you know, didn't work for the story or it didn't propel the plot. Like, it's fine for what it was. It was like two impalings. Ooh, I felt yes. like, you know, you could have been a little bit more creative there. Agreed. Yeah, double impalings, like been there, done that. And then also, it, like, it was pretty gruesome. Like, the idea that he self-impaled and slowly slid down the yeah. stake towards 
Dale, mm-hmm. right? And Dale's like, but I Ugh. loved his reaction because he's just like, oh my god, get off of me! Yeah, <laughs> Ew. yeah, it, that that to me was like a bit much. Like it was a bit heavier for this. And I I thought it picked back up, of course, when the sheriff shows up again. Yeah, because then you have the sheriff go. Of course, it's funny that they're trying to explain this, and it does sound like they're murderers. And I, you would think that you'd be like, we are screwed. But then, <laughs> but then they go in the house. I mean, obviously, you're paying attention. You can catch what's going to happen. But, yeah, he leans against the beam, and it comes down, and he's got all these nails and this wood sticking through his face. And he goes outside, and he, he falls down. And then the kid goes and grabs the gun. And, of course, he, he's pointing it at himself after he's – Well, they, they offer they to him, say, yeah, take, take the off safety. the safety off. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 don't point yourself. Boom, and he shoots himself in the face and, like, kills himself. I mean, that's some actually some funny stuff, all that. Like, one <laughs> after another. Back, yeah, back to back to back. And I don't know, that wood chipper part where he's, I would think that you would turn it off, but he keeps trying to wrangle the body out. I know. And then I he just, goes, he gets it off, and he goes, uh, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. With, that, with no, half of the not. body. <laughs> you, you okay in there? Oh, I love that. Like, it, that was funny to me. Yeah, that was – and I love the cop. I thought the cop the was cop great. Was comic great. relief. It gives you that moment of like, oh, my God, okay, please make this stop, like, before anybody else gets killed. And <laughs> right. Nope. No. It just gets more insane. I, I mean, I love the playing into the trope of the cop going into the cabin. Where are you going? Don't go into the cabin. And they're locked in the back of the cop car type of thing. Like, I thought that was really, you know, just well done again and that that they were legitimately freaking out. So, yeah, I thought that was all good. I was sad to see the cop go because, of course, he was a great character. And then he grabs the radio with the nails in his head and just falls over <laughs> on the yeah, side. He had gotten so close. <laughs> Dale leaves to rescue Tucker while Chad and Naomi return to the cabin to save Allison. When Allison tries to explain the situation, they accuse her of having Stockholm Syndrome. Tucker and Dale return, and Allison attempts to lead a calm conversation. Chad says his grandmother told him that his father was killed in the Memorial Day Massacre and his mother was the lone survivor. Jason and Chloe break in to save everyone and a fire breaks out. Tucker, Dale, and Allison escape. Naomi, Chloe, and Jason die and Chad, insane and scarred, vows revenge. After a car crash, an injured Tucker tells Dale that Chad has taken Allison to an old sawmill. At the sawmill, Chad ties Allison up and forcibly kisses her. Dale arrives and rescues Allison, and the two barricade themselves inside an upstairs office where they discover news clippings revealing Chad's father to be the real killer and rapist, not one of the victims. Chad becomes enraged, and Dale stops his attack by throwing a box of chamomile tea at Chad, giving him an asthma attack. Chad, standing near a window, convulses and falls off the building. So I think what was kind of interesting throughout like how we got to this point was that Dale and Allison spend a lot of time together, so Allison gets to see Dale for who he really is, and he's like a generous-hearted person, just like Tucker, but Tucker, you don't really get to see as much. He's a giver. He's he's a giver. (laughs) (laughs) And so they kind of start to form more of this relationship, and during that time, they're playing this game, so you learn that Dale is not just a stupid hillbilly. He's got this weird memory where he can remember anything that you've ever said to him. Mm Mm-hmm. So he has intelligence to him, and I think that starts to play a little bit more into what happens later with the chamomile tea, because then he remembers the guy has asthma. This is going to be an asthma triggering, triggering, yeah, shock. right. So, so I thought funny. that was pretty brilliant. Yeah, I, I felt like the last act fell apart for me because I was like, I didn't like it that you know they're about to escape, and then he has the car crash, and. Then um, Tucker is there, of course, injured, which also I was like, I'm not sure Tucker's going to survive this. Like, he was in rough shape. 
Like, all that was okay, but then, of course, they transitioned to the sawmill. I didn't like any of that. I didn't like her tied up. I didn't like Chad, like, half-burnt surviving and trying to rescue her. I I was like, ugh. I did like, of course, that they discover that Chad's father, you know, he looks like a spitting image. (laughs) He was like a Billy version of him. It was great. Chad had a mullet, you know, (laughs) wig on the front page of this, you know, newspaper from 20 years ago, so to speak. You know, so I I thought that was fine, like the development of that. And I love the chamomile tea. I mean, that was such a great scene. You know, all I can imagine, because of course, at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've seen this movie before. You're thinking, how is he getting the chamomile tea to throw up in the air? Because most of the time they're pre-bagged right. tea. <laughs> is he ripping these little bags of tea Those open? hillbillies have a classy little <laughs> yes, the <laughs> loo- set of tea going up there. Loose leaf chamomile tea <laughs> for all of your anaphylactic needs. Another great scene is when he, you know, he says, oh, he'll be fine. We'll just get him his inhaler. And then he falls out the window and dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well played. Well played. The police and the news crews arrive late at the cabin and broadcast a news report stating that the deaths appear to be the result of a suicide pact of a deranged and a deranged killer who is revealed to be Chad who has survived the fall. The reporter and cameraman are the same two from the movie's opening scene. Tucker watches the report on the news while convalescing in the hospital. Dale enters and they discuss Tucker's recovery. Tucker asks Dale whether he managed to invite Allison on a date and is happy to hear the two of them are going bowling. Later that night at the bowling alley, Dale encourages a fellow hillbilly to talk to some girls and to just be himself. As Dale and Allie confess their feelings for each other and kiss, the new hillbilly accidentally knocks out a girl in the background, starting a new misunderstanding. I don't know why we need a whole paragraph for that, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the end, cutscene, you know, Tucker's recovering in the hospital and Dale gets a girl. I like that he got the girl, though. It was cute. Yeah, They, they were cute. Where does he get the female finger that they sew back on at the end? <laughs> Nobody from, knows? From the hospital lost and found. Oh, he has a spare <laughs> finger. So we'll just... I love that he goes, I don't remember that finger looking that way. And you're looking at the fingers and like, <laughs> you know, you, you know, other than the nail polish, it's pretty darn well matched. Yeah. I was like, like he has a thick finger. <laughs> yeah. Like for a feminine finger, I was like, that's probably the weakest effect of the movie because... It did look like his real finger with a red press yeah, on nail. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, okay. Could have been worse, buddy. Could have been much worse. The end. <laughs> I guess it's time then to move on to our kill, chill, and thrill section. And I have to say that this movie is the perfect movie for kill, chill, and thrill. A whole lot of people, male, female, get to pick. Uh, They're attractive generally. So are they? Give it to us, Helen. I mean, the girls are attractive. Okay, so kill, we kill off anybody who we find annoying. Chill, we hang out with whoever we want to hang out with who we think is awesome. And thrill is who we want to have sex with. So I'm going to start with Anne. There's a lot of dudes, but I'm not really sure we have a lot of options. Oh, no. I was really hoping you were not going to start with me because (laughs) I was really trying to debate a little bit further because to your point, okay, kill, that's a no-brainer. Obviously, it's Chad, normal face Chad. Burnt face Chad. It doesn't matter. That douchebag is biting it either way. Nobody likes him. Chill. I'm happy to hang out with uh, Jangers and Dale, I think, at the end of the day. That would be really cool to just, like, kick back, uh, talk about how much we all hate fishing, and get to know Jangers a little bit more. 
thrill is a lot harder for this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> you be, basically have like this like douchebag entourage of which none of them are really that attractive um, and certainly not personality pleasing. And then you've got, you know, Dale or Tucker. So my only remaining character is Tucker. And what I'm going to say is I love that actor. He is great. He's been in so many other wonderful things. And I think as other characters, if you remember, he was in A Knight's Tale as well. Oh, okay. With Heath Ledger. Okay. And he and he plays like that aggravated sidekick. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's cute and funny in there. I would take Chaucer over him any day. But, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably, you know, let's go thrill with Tucker. All right, Ray. All right, I would also kill Chad. It's pretty easy. I mean, <laughs> We're all killing Chad. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely kill him. Who would I chill with? I would chill with Officer Gurr. Hmm. I think he's interesting. I'd, I'd do like a cop's follow along, like in the back, and see what the old uh, West Virginia countryside's like and what all those people get up to. And then as far as uh, thrill, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Naomi, I guess, you know. That's cool. She, I would she, too. she was the smartest of the three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was you know, the most normal of the three. Yeah. And yeah, she was the most normal. I mean, Chloe, she's just, she was too ditzy. She was too dumb, even though she had big boobs. That's great. But, but she was just too much for me. And it's just too typical to go with the main chick. I mean, whatever. Yeah. All right. I'm going to also kill Chad because that was, he was class A douchebag. Woo! All right, Chad, you bite it. Yeah, exactly. Again. For chill, I'm going with Tucker because. I like him, but I don't know. Dale has a giving heart. He's a giver. He's a giver. Even though he's not hung like a bear, I'd like to see <laughs> what else is going on. <laughs> he is a giver. He is a giver. So assuming your thrill is? Oh, yeah. That was D- Dale. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I totally thought I said that. Yeah. No, I, I thrilled Dale. I think you'd have a fun time. He probably would. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we could just whip swap. So that would work yeah, out well. Yeah. I mean, and he's always pleasant. He always has a good positive thing to say. I like that. See, we could go out to a bar together. We get to hang out with the alternatives and then swap. Yeah. We're all good. Exactly. Everybody's everybody's satisfied. <laughs> Except for Chad. <laughs> yeah, Chad's just dead. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've reviewed the movie, it's time to rate it. Only the best movies make it to the top of the hill. And to be the best, they have to perform in three categories. The first is technical composition, which represents how well the movie's made, including the script, directing, cinematography, acting, and effects. Second is the impact, which represents how well the movie accomplished its emotional intent. Was it scary or funny? Did it make you question mankind or the nature of your reality? And third is enjoyment, which is pretty simple. How much did you enjoy watching the movie? Would you watch it again? Do you never want to watch it again? So our rating scale goes from a 1 to a 10, with 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. All right, Anne, why don't you give us your scores? All right, I'm, I'm going to be kind of a jerk with these scores. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. But uh, for in technical, I gave I gave this a six. <laughs> I didn't feel like they attempted any amazing effects. They didn't fault on any effects. Big, you know, they didn't attempt. They didn't attempt to overset per se, but they didn't attempt to reach too far either. It was very practical at the end of the day. Um, you know, again, plot wise, it was very average. I thought. Um, for impact, I also gave this a six. I wasn't overwhelmed. I didn't think it was super funny. I didn't think it was super scary. I thought it was okay. Um, but for enjoyment, I gave it a seven. I did enjoy it. I definitely thought that, like we were talking about, if this was a drinking game or if I watched it again, maybe it would get funnier again. 
It was definitely funnier the first time I saw it. It was funny the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, maybe I just wasn't in the mood. I wasn't as amused. Um, so maybe a third time would be the charm. All right, Helen. All right. So for tech, I gave it a seven. I think that there were plot holes, but I didn't think that they really made or broke the movie. I think it was fine the way that they did it. I didn't really need to have clarification on where the characters came from, but after talking about it, you are kind of curious. For impact, I gave it a seven. I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. So for enjoyment, I gave it a nine. So I would definitely watch this movie again because I think it had a lot of funny one-liners that you may not pick up on the first time around. So the second time around, you might find it more enjoyable because you are listening to the whole thing and you've already picked up on the first time that you saw it. So getting more the second time would make it more enjoyable. I am also going to be harsh to this movie. <laughs> and and I apologize in advance. Oh, Watching it a second time, I did not enjoy it as much as I remembered enjoying it the first time, kind of like Anne. And I, I think both it was not as funny and the aspects of it that I didn't like, I didn't like more, right? I enjoyed talking about it here right now. So for technical composition, I'm going to give it a four. I mean, it was a pretty simple movie to begin with, which shouldn't, of course, give it a bad score. But it was also, I think, it was a little lazy in, in, in spots. I don't know. So I'm going to go with a four. As far as impact... I'm going to give it a six. I thought it was funny in parts. Definitely funny, funnier the first time I saw it, but I get what they were trying to do. I understand the inversion of the of the tropes, so I'm going to give it a six. And as far as enjoyment, I'm going to give it a five. I think it was a pretty average movie overall. Probably doesn't have a ton of rewatchability for me, so I'll go with a five. All right, so as you probably surmise, this movie does not fare too well on the hill. We've got Ray coming in at the lowest, rating this as a solid number five, and coming next in as 6.33, and Helen coming in at the highest as 7.67, bringing this film to a grand round total at 6.33. All right, well, that actually puts it tied for our 10th spot out of the 20-some movies that we've done so far, equal with Flatliners, uh, Below Hellraiser, Butterfly Kisses, The Shining, and Above Lost Boys, REC, and Halloween 78. Ooh, I agree and I disagree. You know, I feel like some of those, it's definitely worse than. I think I would watch Butterfly Kisses again before this. I'd probably watch certainly The Void, maybe The Shining again. But I feel like REC and Halloween 78, certainly The Ring probably got raw end of the stick a little bit on this one. I think the system works, I guess. Different types of movies. It's hard to compare them when they're lined up on the same scale, right? That's fair. I think yeah, that's kind of how since it... this wasn't really a horror either. And if we well, had some popcorn and PBR, it would probably bump it a couple of points. Yeah. Next moonshine, time. The moonshine needs to be a little stronger. We need to do some <laughs> shots. Just kidding. You don't want Shots to before we watch it again. Don't, don't sip on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, help us grow our audience. Rate and review us on iTunes. And please share with your friends and family on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Give us a shout out to tell us how we're doing or suggest movies to review. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at hosts.hth at gmail.com. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards. And on behalf of my co-host, thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join us next time.